0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and of course, the data that they use to make decisions. And in order to bring you this great content, we of course have to thank our sponsors who are also joining us as a guest today, ArcBest. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but ArcBest is more than just logistics. Whatever you do, whatever you ship, wherever you ship, whenever you ship, ArcBest makes it easier to do business. ArcBest combines reliable capacity, innovative technology, which we'll be talking about more in the future, and trusted relationships to take the complexity out of your supply chain and to keep your shipments moving. And that's what makes ARCBECS more than logistics. Again, we will be hearing from them here later today. But uh, in case you didn't know, POS, which is not just a podcast, but also a newsletter, comes out twice a week. Uh, we sh- shoot you guys an email bi-weekly on Tuesdays and usually Thursdays, if not Fridays, um, to let you guys know just general retail news, and things that you guys should be keeping up with, along with a lot of great stuff from our sonar uh, facilities as well. Uh, For example, this last week, we actually were able to discuss another retailer supply chain acquisition. Uh, For my first episode, you guys might remember I had on Felipe Capella from LoadSmart, and we talked about how different supply chains are starting to really honestly figure out that they can gain revenue from their own own shipping, um, And he was on to talk about how the Home Depot is actually working to leverage their flatbed capacity in order to not just gain profit, to be honest with you, but to create a stronger, more resilient and closer relationship with their supply chain. Um, another great example of this is American Eagle has recently bought their supply uh, main logistics provider uh, who also shifts uh, different retail for different retailers across the uh, United States as well. So you know not only are they able to make their own supply chain resilient in that case, but they can actually gain a more um, attractive supply chain by leveraging the volume of other retailers and, and clothing lines like themselves. Um, And actually, this week, we touched on my favorite thing, food, right? We're going into the holidays. Who doesn't like food? Who doesn't love Christmas dinner? We just finished with Thanksgiving, and one of our biggest uh, uh, brands out there, Cisco, actually started to invest in their own supply chain as well. Earlier this month, uh, Cisco actually acquired its produce distributor, uh, the Coastal Companies, and along with that, their main processor, which is Continental Grain Co., uh, the terms of the agreement were uh, actually disclosed, but it's good to point out that together they'll bring about six hundred million dollars in revenue under Cisco's produce arm, FreshPoint. So it's just really thrilling to me to to see this trend happening uh, because I think we've been so used to hearing earnings statements and reading earnings statements, listening to earnings calls, and and hearing from. more of the cfo about supply chain and shipping costs in general and now we're at this really fun point where we get to listen to these calls from some of our our favorite brands and hear about this from the ceo and areas that they're looking to um actually invest in deeper and it's just really it's an interesting trend that just started popping up around q q3 q4 so for me personally as we move into this new year that's one of the biggest things I'm going to be watching and, and really helping you guys understand is, you know, which one, are, which of your favorite brands are out there making deeper investments in their supply chain um, so that, you know, that products are one, going to be hopefully uh, more advanced, but two, going to be arriving to you guys on time. So that's something we'll definitely dive in deeper into, uh, into next year. Um, but also, you know, we had a chance to talk about Walmart. Who doesn't love Walmart? Right. (laughs) Um, They actually opened up two different e-commerce fulfillment centers. Um, They're going to be building them uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah and Lebanon, Tennessee. And fun fact of the day, it's actually uh, Tennessee's or Walmart's first Tennessee fulfillment center. And the Tennessee Fulfillment Center is going to be really cool. It's going to be mostly um, uh, opt- operated through different uh, AMRs, uh, different robotics, different type of more automated processes. Um, So they should be hiring about 100 less. I think it's going to be around 300 employees in Lebanon, about 450 employees in Salt Lake City. Um, And it's about 2 million million square feet of of overall fulfillment space. And, of course, it makes sense, you know, why Walmart is doing this. Their e-commerce orders are exploding. They've seen 87% growth over the last two years. And these are two big hubs that they're going to be able to create some really great um, carrier relationships with, especially in areas like like Salt Lake City. Is for a lot of people that might have more logistics experience, like myself, it's an interesting area to pull trucks in and out of. It's not a fun place if you're you are trying to pull a driver from Colorado. They're more than likely coming from uh, Denver, if not Grand Junction, which Grand Junction is like the only city that's close to them. So it makes sense to me why they would put a fulfillment center there and, and work on building capacity relationships in that area. Um, and that actually brings us to the sonar chart uh, of the show and what you'll see in every week in our newsletter is our sonar uh, track lane of the day. And I like to make these fun. I like to use uh, different stories that we like to highlight in order to show everyone how sonar works and how it can make every like, everyday decisions easier for logistics providers in general. Um, so for instance, I decided this week to make it a little bit more exciting. It was a Friday newsletter. And we all know as a logistics provider, uh, Fridays never go fun. Like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna go wrong. Something's gonna fall out of place. So I made up a situation where you a logistics provider for Walmart is sending construction um, material to these locations. And, And instead of sending it to Salt Lake City, They made the mistake and ended up sending it to Lebanon, Tennessee. In this lane in particular, we actually have a lane score of 51. Now, when you guys see lane scores, it's showing you who has a bargaining power in that situation. The closer to 100, the carriers are going to be able to bargain better. Closer to zero, shippers are going to be able to bargain better. In this example, we're sitting at 51. This is a great – it's a Friday. You know that you're going into the same amount of bargaining power as as the carrier – even if you made the mistake. Now the track rate is $3.07 a mile, which will more than likely get this moved. And the reason I was really excited to dive into this lane in particular is because if you notice, it actually has a really high confidence score. And we judge our confidence scores based on how many data points we have and the amount of certain days within that uh, specific lane. Now, in this one in particular, we have over 100 different data points. So 100 different loads have uh, moved on this lane in just 11 days. So that tells you, okay, we're looking at a really great data set that's going to more than likely uh, follow through in our pricing, which is really what we want, right? So um, in this example, you know, make sure that you go to your manager, tell them the mistake you made, and know that the rate that you pull off of track is going to likely get that move for you. Pro tip, tell the carriers you made a mistake and see if, see if you can get them down a little bit even more. That that tends to work here and there. Other than that, make sure that you guys are subscribing to our newsletters. If, if for some reason you thought we're just a podcast, guess what? Not true. We've got more content coming to you. So go to freightways.com slash POS and become a part of our community. You'll end up getting um, these from us twice a week. Uh, And like I said, we're really trying to push more in community engagement. I want to hear from you guys. I want my uh, email box to be so full that I have no time to to reach all of you uh, with different messages and comments and how we can build this community to become even better. And a great example of that is I actually heard from Terry this last week from Voltec Industries in Bria, California. Now, Terry was really nice. He just really wanted to express his gratitude, not just towards our POS community, but Freightways in general, um, for just keeping everyone up to date on industry news, which... (laughs) This is the reason why I'm here. I love Freightways. I love how great our editorial staff is making sure that all of our our listeners know exactly what's happening. And our readers know exactly what's happening in the industry and Terry, thank you so much for having the same sentiment that's why we're here and working hard every single day. But unfortunately, Terry was a little sad because he missed our recent webinar, which is not a huge deal because guess what? You can still watch it. So in this next newsletter that comes out, uh, you guys will be able to see that. I'm going to have it on the Tuesday newsletter and the one later in the week. Um, so all you have to do is sign up for the webinar and it'll take you directly to the uh, the recording that we did with ArcBest. And we had a really, really great conversation with them just in general on different trends that we've seen over this last year. Uh, we were able to find an article from Andrew on different um, different trends that he thought we'd seen in 2021, and we went through and judged exactly how accurate he was on all of them. And, and guess what, everyone? You're right. Andrew was mostly right the whole time. And uh, so you guys can go ahead and go to uh, that link in the next newsletter to see that webinar um, a little bit more. And the second good piece of news is today we're actually joined by our incredible sponsors again. Instead of Dennis, today we have Lori Brooks. She's the vice president of customer experience and marketing at ArcBest. Uh, she has an incredible background, uh, ranging from time at UPS to Verizon, with an interesting degree in biology. Uh, Lori, welcome to the show, uh, biology. Yeah, no. oh, uh, biology you. to logistics. This is an interesting transition. So I'm I'm glad that we were able to pull you to our side of the field and and have you a part of of logistics industry as a whole. So I I love seeing people that come from interesting backgrounds. It, it makes for a better supply chain in general. Um, but you guys have been a great sponsor of the show, and I've had really great conversations with Dennis in our webinar recently. And I figured it'd be a Really great conversation to continue with you and your role as well. And, you know, diving into just demand from this last year and and the increase of uh, e-commerce and a lot of the the crisis that the retail supply chain had, how is ArcBest helping its customers meet this demand now? And and what are they expecting here in the near future in 2022?
1: Well, you know... I don't know that any of us have ever experienced the amount of change that we've all been through really in the last, now what, almost two years. And um, I think, you know, one of the things we focus on is on listening. You can't help your customers solve problems if you don't first understand those. And so we spend a lot of time listening to our customers, sometimes it's through formal research uh, methodologies sometimes it's through conversations to really understand what are they going through and not just from logistics but what are their challenges and so we have a customer advisory board that we created a couple of years ago really focused on retailers and it ranges from many different industries we've got you know consumer electronics we have Food manufacturers, we've got, um, you know, other uh, more technology-based solutions, but all of them uh, deliver into major retail outlets. And so, we've gathered, really, for the purpose of understanding what challenges they had in meeting their their customer needs and and the vendor requirements. And so, out of that was born an ongoing dialogue with this group of customers. We call it our our, our Cab, our Retail uh, Customer Advisory Board. And we, we've ended up collaborating with them on building our Retail Plus solution. That's where it was born out of listening and understanding some of the complexities and challenges that they each faced. And so um, I think that doesn't change. Pandemic or no pandemic, spending time listening and being a partner. I think that's another thing that really is critical to be not just in logistics, but just to be a good business partner and then being flexible. And so we like to talk about uh, having agility that's rooted in listening, uh, in this case, to to our retail customers. And um, that listening doesn't matter if you don't do something about it. And so we spend a lot of time really focused on how we collaborate with them to help make their business easier.
0: Yeah. One thing that I really got from Dennis and your team as a whole is that ArcBest sets up this customer obsessed culture and it sounds like listening is a huge piece of that, uh, which is it's really great to hear, I mean, to, to hear, or to listen, right? Um, how, what other ways are you building that type of culture with your employees and, and how are they transitioning that over to the overall customer experience?
1: Well, the word customer obsession, um, I think it can be confusing and it seems pretty simple, but it's it's a complex thing to do. And so the way we define it at ArcBest is putting the customer at the center of everything we do. That means the people that we hire are trained uh, and, uh, and hired or selected based on customer needs. The technology that we buy or build is really based on meeting our customers' needs. And so I talk about our Retail Plus product that was built by our internal ArcBest Technologies team. Um, if you aren't set up to do that, um, I, I really feel like you're hindered in, in living out that customer obsession. And so a lot of that goes back to the, to the listening that I talked about, but it's cultural. And it's a journey. I mean, it's something that we think we'll never really arrive and a lot of that is because customers needs change. Think about through the pandemic, ha- have you bought online, picked up in store? I mean I, I have. I mean um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. really I, too much, yes. <laughs> well yeah that, that's probably for a different show. But um I I just uh, back to the all the change that we've all been through and if if as a business you get stuck And, well, this is the way that we do things. I don't think you really earn that right to keep your customer's business. And so that's how we see customer obsession is really every decision we make, technology, the way we measure success, you know, the people we hire, the processes that we build and create really all have to have that customer at the center. And if you don't understand their needs and how you're doing meeting those, uh, you you aren't really set up to succeed. So that that's our our perspective on on customer obsession, and it's great. I mean, we have a champion at ArcBest from the CEO seat of Judy McReynolds. I mean, she uh, is our our biggest customer advocate, and so that's you know great for the rest of the organization to have that support.
0: Definitely new. You touched on it a little bit, but like, what type of innovation do you feel like customers are, are currently obsessed with? What, are, what type of solutions are they coming to you more now than maybe, let's say, three to five years ago?
1: Well, I think mode shifting, and, and that has really picked up through the pandemic, and I think a lot of that is because supply chains require flexibility. Not that they never did, but there are so many different piece parts of the supply chain, that you could, I mean, think about what's happening in the ports today. And um, having flexibility built into your supply chain enables you to continue to run your business effectively, which means you're meeting your customer needs. Um, And so, you know, I think about having a, a, a true partnership with your customers, that means you've got an open dialogue. And so we see more customers that, are moving from kind of a transactional mindset to wanting someone that could be their partner. I talk about uh, whoever it is, your employees or in this case your customers. They need to know that you're for them, and you really can't build that partnership if they don't know that you have their back and you're not in this just for yourself. And so, you know, one of the other things that I think we've seen through the pandemic, besides the the mode shifting for the purpose of flexibility, is just Better you know transparency and visibility. A lot of times that comes through uh, digital platforms or through technological capabilities. And so I feel fortunate that we have nearly a four hundred and fifty person technology team at ArcBest who's helped us build some of those technologies for customers. But I think the appetite for digital as a channel, not to supplant the human or replace it, but really as another option uh, for people to be able to run business uh, the way they want to in their own organization. I think each organization is kind of like a person. They have their own special requirements and circumstances um, and, and and using technology as a way to, to help meet that.
0: If you were you know, working with you know, a, a growing logistics provider, what are how what are like some tips, maybe a couple of tips that you would give them on building customer obsessive culture. I think it's, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, of course, like service is, is our best asset. Well, at the end of the day, service is kind of table stakes at this point, especially with capacity issues. So what goes above and beyond? What does our best do to go above and beyond just making sure that, that it's there on time?
1: Well, I think it goes back to that, you know, I talked about the customer being at the center of everything you do. Well, one is how do you measure success? What metrics are you using to drive the business, and are those metrics aligned with the customer's perspective? Because a lot of times you could you could create a false sense of security by um, having metrics that are really focused on yourself, and the customer's like, oh, "Hold up, that's not the way I would say you're succeeding." Um, and then uh, you know the the processes that you create a lot of times this requires you to get out of your seat and look at things in a different way because each each one of our, our flawed humans, we each have bias and we have bias of our own choices and decisions. And so I would just tell a logistics company or really any business to try to put themselves in the, the shoes of their customer and always to try to understand the root cause of what they're hearing as their customer need. And so those typically can be addressed through you know training your people better, selecting people uh, better uh, that are aligned with your your customer needs, building better processes or building or buying better technology. those are usually the levers that that you could pull
0: really sounds like the it's the year of empathy right like being able to empath, empath, uh, emphasize emphasize jeez uh, with your customer and and figure out the best way to help them move forward and not just what's best for our best, but what's best for them at the end of the day. It's uh, some amazing advice.
1: We feel like when, when our customers win, we win. And, um, and I feel like that is lived out through taking an empathetic approach, really through any stakeholder that you're serving. Definitely. Well,
0: Lori, thank you so much for being with us here today. Uh, At the bottom of their screen is is Lori's contact information. You can find her on LinkedIn as well. If you have any follow-up questions for her or any follow-up questions for just ArcBest in general, I mean, you guys have been an incredible sponsor. So I'm really excited that, you know, the last couple of episodes we've had, I got to spend a lot of time with you guys and, Excited to see what the uh, new year holds for you guys, especially with MOLO um, being a part of the organization as well. So we'll definitely have to have you on in an episode here in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you uh, and happy holidays. Thank you so much. And for all of our listeners,
0: uh, please go ahead uh, to FreightWaves.com slash POS to subscribe to our biweekly newsletter. Uh, we actually are working on making it a little bit more fun and interactive with our viewers and you know, looking to really get some advice from you guys on different topics and different areas of the retail supply chain that you'd like to see us dive more into. And you know, if you want to see more video or or see more polls, you know, let us know what you think would be the best uh, best way for you to interact with freight waves and in, in our POS. Uh, community as well. And uh, this actually next week, we'll actually have a newsletter that I'll dive into the top trends of 2021. A lot of the things that we talked to Dennis about during our webinar. Um, I'll also be including uh, again, our uh, link to that webinar in case anyone missed it. So feel free as always to send me an email at gsharky at freightways.com or just reply to our newsletter and hopefully give you guys a shout out during our next podcast. But until next time, Keep shopping.